Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. All right, it is time for another episode of Beeson's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Alongside me, for every preview of Thursday Night Football throughout the season, it's Matt Humans. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MattHumans247. And remember, you can follow me on Twitter as well at DannyBurke5 and for VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, at VEASAN Live on the tweets. For this episode, Matt and I will be previewing all the ins and outs of Thursday Night Football between the Colts and the Broncos, all the injury updates, big news on the side of Indy. We'll also be taking a look at some of our early thoughts for NFL Week 5 and the Sunday slate and much more. So tons to get to on this episode. Matt, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Before the news came out, because that's the biggest story leading into you and I recording this, and that being Jonathan Taylor not going to be in this game for the Colts. Where did you personally have this number at, and how much of a difference does his absence make for your handicapping in this game? You know, with Jonathan Taylor in the game, I thought the Broncos uh, probably three was the right number. Uh, What's Taylor worth? I would say he's worth uh, a half point, maybe a point at the most. Um, he might be worth something to the total, too, here. Well, he is worth something to the total. Uh, but it's, it's not a major adjustment when you're talking about uh, moving point spreads or totals. Whenever you talk about a running back, you're not, it's, it's not like a quarterback. It's not the same thing. But the Colts are struggling so badly right now on offense that uh, Jonathan Taylor's absence is going to be a big deal because Matt Ryan cannot carry this offense. So and we, uh, we know that. Uh, I am not going to play the Colts. I thought if they had a path to victory, it was going to be to run the ball. What did we see the Raiders do last week? Uh, Danny, the Raiders handed it to Josh Jacobs, I'm going to say, how many times? 28 times. Yeah. 28 times. He got 144 yards. And uh, the Raiders won that game 32-23. If the Colts were going to go to Denver and win this game, they had to have a similar performance from Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, it's not going to happen. Uh, So I'm not playing the Colts here. Yeah, and and that's really my strategy looking at this game, too. We know the Colts have have already struggled so much, but if there is maybe a get-right spot for them, or rather maybe just a vintage Jonathan Taylor, it could happen against Denver because of what you just said. I mean, Josh Jacobs had a career game against his Denver defense, and they were able to get the job done. And, well, you've been waiting for him to break out, and now you don't even get him for the game on Thursday. And, Look, aside from Denver's run defense, which again, hasn't been great necessarily, they rank 20th in DVOA run defense. Their pass defense has actually been really strong, Matt. Uh, They rank 6th in DVOA pass defense. They're allowing just 8.4 yards per pass completion. They haven't faced the stiffest competition per se. Derek Carr has really been the most talented quarterback they've faced. But I, I think because you're missing Taylor, 
because what we've seen their pass defense do against fairly average quarterbacks, which you would probably classify Matt Ryan as that right now at best, I think it just gives you more and more leverage to looking at the side of Denver here, especially with it being on a short week. And when you look at Indy's defense, run game-wise, all right, they're one of the best. I think they're top two against the run. But passing themselves, that's kind of where they struggle. And if there is also a get-right spot maybe on the opposing side, if you can trust Hackett, maybe he'll finally let Russell Wilson throw in this game, Matt, especially since they're missing their top running back, Javante Williams, in this game. And before the Taylor news came out, that's kind of a main reason why I like Denver a lot in this spot as well. And we saw this thing open in some shops as low as two in the hook. Now a lot is at three in the hook after the Taylor news. It was trending there regardless. There are still some threes. But you mentioned the alteration in the total, 43 now down to about 42. But Matt, if you can still get the three, which I do still see some threes, you're laying about minus a buck 20 though. Do you still think that's a viable option here with Denver? Or would you maybe wait for a better in-game spot? Because as bad as it seems for the Colts, again, we still don't know if we can fully trust Denver. You can't fully trust uh, either of these teams. There's no chance. Uh, but sometimes you have to make bets when you or contest plays when you don't fully trust a team. You might even just half trust the Broncos here. Uh, I, I see right now DraftKings minus three, minus 115. I think that's probably the okay. best bet you can make right now. Circa's got minus three, minus 120. Uh, I, would, I would consider that if uh, you like the Broncos side here. But uh, I'm not really interested too much in the side in this game. If you look at the Broncos offensively, uh, first four games, 16, 16, 9, and 23 points. And uh, I know they scored 11 against the Niners, but two of those were on defense, so I'm saying 9. Their offense just has uh, been stagnant. Yeah, they woke up a little bit against the Raiders. Russell Wilson looked better. He had four carries for 29 yards. He threw for 237 and two TDs, but I also think that's an indictment of the Raiders' pass defense. I mean, think about there was one situation that was my best bet on the weekend was Raiders yeah, uh, minus yeah. two over the Broncos. How about when uh, the Broncos were pushed back at first and 30 or whatever on their own 10-yard line, and they went 90 yards and scored in three plays? That's just bad defense. The Raiders have got some problems, and I think we're going to see those problems exploited and exposed again by the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night, but that's a different story. Uh, I, I do think the, the Broncos probably gained a little bit of confidence in the way their offense was uh, running at a more efficient level against the Raiders, and uh, they could probably do the same thing against the Colts because it's not like this uh, Indianapolis defense has been anything special. And now you got Shaquille Leonard, uh, their best player. He's got a broken nose. He's in concussion protocol. Uh, the Colts are a mess right now. What I, what I think is going to happen with this team, I don't have a problem betting against the Colts here because I think they're a fade. We've seen this happen before with Frank Reich where the Colts are really bad or below 500 in the first half of the season, and then they catch fire in the second half. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens with the Colts here. So this is not necessarily a bounce-back spot. I think you're going to see this team bounce back further down the road, maybe in the second half of the season. And that could be okay because nobody's going to run away from the pack in the AFC South. So the Colts are still going to be in it. And um, they can they can lose this game and still be in it. And then they can lose next week and still be in it because the South is such a bad division. And the Titans are not going to run away with it. And uh, the Jaguars are not going to run away with it. So 
don't think that the Colts are going to be playing with a great sense of urgency and this is a bounce back and all that blah, 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 all those handicapping cliches. I just don't think the Colts are good enough right now. And Matt Ryan, uh, this offense led by Ryan is last in the NFL in scoring at 14.3 points per game. So as bad as the Broncos have worked on offense, the Colts have been even worse. 14.3 points per game. Danny, the, the Colts rank 32nd. The Broncos rank 30th. Your Chicago Bears rank number 31. <laughs> That's how bad these two teams are Thursday night on offense. I see a 43 out there in Vegas right now. The 43 is at Caesars. Uh, 42 looks like the uh, market number right now. I would have to play this uh, Colts Broncos game under. That, that's got to be my play here. Okay, so you would uh, opt in to do the total as opposed to the spread as your top play for this game? Well, if I let's put it this way, I don't love either play. So let's go half unit. I'm gonna go a half unit under 42. Like I said, you can still grab 43, but I think that's going to disappear pretty soon. And let's go half unit Broncos at minus three, minus 115. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm with you here, Matt, on the spread. I'm going to lay the three with Denver at that minus 115 as well. Even before the Jonathan Taylor news came out, I still liked the side of Denver and was probably going to get there. And the fact that you can still get some flat threes and not pay that much of a tax with the Taylor news of him coming out, even though I agree also, I mean, he's probably worth a half point, hasn't been that great this season. I just still think it's a really good look here. And there may not be that many advantageous spots for Denver based on what Hackett's done, based on the limitations <laughs> Russell's had in the division they're in. This is probably one of their better spots that they absolutely need to get a dub in to keep competing within their own division. So I'm with you on the three, laying it with the Broncos in this spot. Uh, Matt, by the way, really quick, you were talking about the Colts down the line because it's fascinating now to look at these adjusted futures prices. And if you're looking at the AFC South, the Jags are now the short shot plus 160. The Titans are two to one at DraftKings. The Colts also two to one. And then the Texans at about 28 to one. Uh, in terms of their updated win total, I'm kind of scrolling here to see where the Colts are at. Um, they're at seven and a half over under minus 110 each way, which you either maybe look to bet an over with the Colts win total two to one for the division. Or do you think you might as well even wait if you and I think they could lose Thursday night, you may even get a better price. Yeah, I would wait. I would wait if, if the Colts lose Thursday night. And right now the numbers telling you they're going to lose They're three and a half point road dogs wait. And uh, maybe bet the Colts win a little over after this. I do think this team's going to get hot at some point. I, I know we're hearing rumors that Jim Irsay's uh, upset with uh, Chris Ballard, with Frank Reich, and he wants to make some changes. Uh, it, it would be dumb to rush into any changes at this point. Ride it out with, uh, with these guys. Frank Reich has a history of his teams getting hot in the second half. Mm -hmm. And he's done it before in Indianapolis. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say if you're looking to play – to find a better number on the Colts, wait until after they lose Thursday night, if they do lose. Um, I would still look at this team over because you, you get Shaq Leonard back on that defense. If you get Jonathan Taylor healthy, there's still a lot of pieces on this team to be a playoff team. And there's a reason that some of us, you know, were, were talking up the Colts before the season. I, I was. I know a lot of other sharp betters who were too for that right now, but at least I got the Philadelphia Eagles to make me look better. Uh, so 
I, I still think there's a, a window of opportunity here, Danny, for the Colts to bounce back, but I'm not saying it's going to happen this week or next week. It's probably going to be further down the line. There's some negatives with the Broncos, too. Russell, yeah, Russell Wilson's got that right shoulder. I'm not sure how that's going to impact him in the game on Thursday night. He said he's super confident he's going to play, and yeah, He's going to play. I don't know if the right shoulder injury is going to bother him. You talked about it. And you got to be careful as far as the running situation. You really don't want to put the ball in Melvin Gordon's hands too much because he's a fumble machine. Uh, so there are some things not to like about the Broncos, too. Yeah, injury concerns for Denver. Uh, Javante Williams, or main running back he was progressing into, and you knew that it was going to happen in that direction this season. Really a strong running back, and as Matt pointed out, very true with the fumbling issues with Gordon. So uh, if, if Russell Wilson is kind of you know more trending toward the hundred percent, despite him being a little banged up, I could foresee Denver throwing the ball a lot in this game. And you know I talk about that more in Prop Watch, so make sure you check that out as well on Beeson's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed, where we go over the top props for Thursday night football and more. Now, Matt, uh, you and I pretty much you know we've covered Thursday night football here. We both like Denver. You like the under as well. You're putting a half unit on each. I'm counted in for Denver minus three, and then I have some props. But like we always do, I, I want to pick your brain here about the other games for the NFL Week 5 slate. Um, there's a lot of teaser opportunities here for home favorites. You got the Packers laying about 8. You got Jacksonville laying 7 against the Texans. You got Tampa Bay laying 8 in the hook against Atlanta. The Vikings laying a touchdown against my Bears. And then uh, some underdogs you could look at, but I feel like this is going to be a big teaser week for those favorites i'm already included in a couple of them and uh correct me if i'm wrong i think i saw on Beeson's best bets page you also were involved in a teaser early on this week you are not wrong danny so i'm not going to correct you um i prefer to tease uh favorites down through the key numbers if it's a, a seven and a half eight eight and a half point favorite i like to tease those down a blow three i think that's where you get the biggest advantage and i see and here's why I, i'll give you an example Monday night, I had somebody ask me, what do you think about teasing the Rams? I said, I, I don't like it. I don't like the I'm on the Niners in the game. I don't like the way this Rams team's playing right now. He's like, well, I'm going to tease Rams up to, you know, plus seven and a half. I think that's a good play. Whatever. And it wasn't a good play. They lost 24 to nine. I, I look to play favorites that I have a lot of confidence in where I can knock down to that you know, low number of minus one and a half, minus two, two and a half. Uh, so I think this sets up pretty well for that this week. The Buccaneers have lost two in a row at home. Uh, they're not going to lose three in a row at home. Tom Brady hasn't lost three in a row, I, I think, since, uh, let's see, I want to go back to 2002. Uh, was the last time Brady last lost three consecutive starts in 2002 with the Patriots. I think you, it's worth a pretty big bet that he's not going to lose three in a row here. Yeah. And, you know, it's not the same Tom Brady, it's not the same Buccaneers team, but this is still a pretty good Tampa Bay defense. You're not facing Patrick Mahomes this week. This is Marcus Mariota. You don't even have to face Cordero Patterson, uh, the top running back for the Falcons. He's out. He's on injured reserve. So the strength of this Falcons offense has been running the ball. It's a number four running offense in the NFL, but you take Patterson out, it's a different story. I cannot see the Bucs losing this game. Plus the Bucs are getting their wide receivers healthy again. I think you have blowout potential in that game. At the worst, Tampa Bay's not going to lose it. So, so throw right. Tampa Bay on teasers. Also, I think uh, the Packers are probably a pretty good play. 
but that's a London game, and uh, I, I have not I have not played that one yet. I've you know last week I was on the Patriots, and you and I talked about this. I, I really thought that the uh, the Packers offense was going to be a problem, and it still is. You're just not getting many explosive plays. Uh, they were lucky, really, at Lambeau Field to escape against a third-string rookie quarterback, and there are some problems with the Packers. I do think they're going to beat the Giants, and uh, as much as I like Saquon Barkley and Brian Dable and the way the Giants have played to get off this 3-1 three, three and one start, Daniel Jones is banged up. you got a big quarterback edge with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Rodgers is going to lose this game. But the other half of the teaser I played was the Chiefs over the Raiders on Monday night. So I put the Bucks with the Chiefs. And um, I talked about some of the problems I think you saw exposed uh, by the Broncos. And what are the Chiefs going to do with uh, Patrick Mahomes and his receivers against that Raiders secondary that struggles in coverage, has a lot of holes. If you let Russell Wilson pass for 237, and uh, go for three TDs in that game. Uh, Mahomes is going to do even more damage. He's got 11 TD passes through four games. He just let up a much better Tampa Bay defense for 41 points. Uh, <laughs> I think that a KC offense is scoring 32.3 per game is going to put up a big number. The Chiefs routed the Raiders 41-14 and 48-9 in the two meetings last year. Right now, uh, the Las Vegas uh, Edge rushers, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones are not getting enough pressure on the quarterbacks. If you can't do that against Mahomes, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, so I think the Chiefs were a little bit cheap when they opened a minus seven. I actually kind of like him laying the seven at home on Monday night. But if, you, if you're looking for a teaser side here, uh, put the Bucks at minus two, minus two and a half. Uh, the Chiefs at minus one, I think that's a really good teaser. And if you want to play the Packers in there too, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, Matt, the teaser that I – so I did two of them here. I did the Bucks and both of them, getting them down to minus two, I believe is what I had. And then I did one with the Packers. I don't feel great about Green Bay. Like you said, their offense has really been all over the place. And we figured that would be an issue, but you also figured that they could handle business against the Giants. And you thought it would have been cleaner against the Patriots, but shout out to you. You were all over New England in that game, catching 10 in the hook early on. Um, but, you know, Rodgers knows how bad this offense is. He literally said they can't sustain what they've done, and their defense should be good enough against the Giants who are pretty one-dimensional, especially if Jones is banged up. You would think they could limit and contain Saquon enough. So I did the Bucks, I did the Packers in one, and then I faded the Bears actually this week, Matt. Um, I was very and still am very high in this Minnesota team, and if you look at what these opposing teams have done to the Bears, man. I mean, their run defense is awful. Chicago's run defense is just terrible. And look, Dalvin Cook and Mattinson really haven't had a signature game. Like, Dalvin Cook's been fine. He's averaging about 70 rushing yards per game, but there hasn't been that one huge game where he runs for over 100 and, you know, racks up a couple touchdowns. So I think that's going to be this game for Dalvin Cook. And furthermore, if you watched, and I know you did probably, the Bears and Giants game, I mean, the Giants were literally running like two sets, right? You know, it was either handing it off or bootleg with Daniel Jones. You know, Kirk Cousins in this Vikings offense, they love to hand it off and they love to do play action. The Bears are going to get torched alive, I feel like, by Minnesota scheming offensively. It's not too hard to script what to do against the Chicago defense. And offensively, yeah, you kind of let Justin Fields throw the ball more. But when they got into the red zone, Matt, they're still handing the ball off 
two out of the three plays. They're not letting Fields throw when they get to the red zone. So then they're just settling for field goals. I see no way of Chicago keeping up with Minnesota in this game offensively. So that's why I also tacked the Vikings on as another teaser leg. Good analysis. Uh, well said. The only argument against that is two words. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he doesn't fare well against the Bears. That's true. That's true. He has had his issues. He, he scares me, man. I looked at that. I don't disagree with you. I, I think every point you made is valid. It's, it's You're right on the money. Uh, I, I looked at the Vikings, and I might still put the Vikings on a teaser, uh, too. I might pair them up. I don't feel as confident in the Vikings and the Packers. Maybe I'll just throw those two on one because I have the Bucks and Chiefs on another one. Mm -hmm. I might play a combination, too, with uh, all four of those, but... Uh, Kirk Cousins just annoys me. Uh, I, w I was in the circuit book uh, at 6.30 Sunday morning for the kickoff of that game, and I had the Vikings minus two and a half in all my contests. And uh, the Vikings had a chance to really put a stranglehold on that game. They went up 7 nothing. They get the ball back in good field position. And Cousins does what he always does. He can't expand on a lead. He doesn't take control of the game when it calls for it. Uh, I agree. You know, the points you made about the matchup are, are right. Uh, the Vikings should dominate this game. They should dominate the game on the ground. Look what Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones just did to the Bears. And the Bears are so one-dimensional, they're afraid to let Justin Fields throw the ball. It's crazy. Let the guy play. Let the kid play. Uh, he's going to make some mistakes, but he's going to make some big plays too. You saw it against the 49ers in that uh, season opener. Uh what do you have to lose? You know, let, let your quarterback play. Find out what he can exactly. do. Exactly. The Bears are not going to be a playoff team. What, what are you afraid of? Uh, take the handcuffs off and let the kid play. So, I don't like this Bears coaching staff. I don't like much about the team. And um, I think the Vikings should take care of business. So, maybe you'll talk me into it. But every time I, I looked better, and I did bet on the Vikings against the Packers in week one. I bet on the Vikings – uh, against the Saints in the London game. At least that was a contest play, not a bet. I laid two and a half on the contest play. I feel like I feel like I escaped, Danny, every time I bet on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> when you when you bet on Kirk Cousins and you win, you're like, okay, that's great. I got one. Now I don't I don't want to do it again. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think you got the right idea. All right, that's what we like to hear. Hey, I get it. You know, Kirk's not going to make you feel secure about anything. He might get there in an ugly way, such as they did internationally. But uh, that's how bad the Bears are that I have enough confidence in Kirk Cousins in this spot. But, hey, Matt, I do want to ask you maybe about a couple more games here. And the one that, like, I I I've been debating getting more involved in, and I'll probably do that later tonight, Matt and I recording this about Wednesday afternoon. You saw the initial movement, and then nothing has wavered since. But Tennessee on the road against Washington. So it opened pick. Now it's up to two in the hook in favor of the Titans. And I don't even think this is really a recency bias type of game where the fact that, oh, Tennessee won their last couple, you know, we're feeling good about them. No, I just think Kurt, or Carson Wentz, part of me, is that bad. I think Washington's defense is not good. And I think Tennessee is at least good enough. And when you have Derrick Henry, you can control the possessions in this game. And again, it may be one of those, you bet on Kirk Cousins, you win, but you don't feel good about it. That is probably what's going to happen here with Tennessee because it's under the key number of three. I really think it just lands right on three. But I feel like lane two in the hook with Tennessee, it seems like the right spot. I don't know if you want to talk me out of it or something or if I'm missing anything here. <laughs> 
this could be a stay away game for me. I don't like either team. I, I do like the Titans a little bit better when uh, they can open up the offense a little bit because if you can stack eight or nine guys in the box against Derrick Henry, like the Buffalo Bills did in that Monday night game, then the Titans are not going to do anything. Uh, but True. they've made some plays in the passing game here the past couple of weeks, and they've looked better, and Henry, Henry's looked better um, also. So he looked better against the Raiders and better against the Colts. And uh, I, would, I would probably lean the Titans' way, but I talked to somebody I really respect who's, uh, who's a good NFL better, and he told me that uh, one of his favorite plays this week is uh, the Commodores plus three. And I call them the Commodores because I was on with Michael Lombardi Saturday morning, and, and he kept referring to Washington as the Commodores. I don't know if he was doing that sarcastically or if, uh, <laughs> or what, but – I hate the nickname Commanders so much that I'm just going to call this team the Commodores too. So I don't want to bet on the Commodores in any spot. I couldn't understand why uh, betters were taking plus three against the Cowboys last week. I mean, were, there was absolutely no value in that number taking the Commodores plus three in Dallas, right? So why? here's another thing I couldn't understand last week, and that sometimes I think – Betters try to get too cute, or they try to prove that they're the smartest guy in the room. Why the hell would you take the Bears plus three in New York? Why would you take the Commodores plus three in Dallas? There's, there's no value in those numbers whatsoever. If you want to take three and a half or four, okay. But why are you taking three? Uh, so I thought you had to lay it with the Giants, lay it with the Cowboys uh, last week, and those were the right sides. I guess I could only lay it with the Titans here. I I'm a home dog player and I'm an underdog player in general, but I just don't like this uh, Washington team. And uh, there's not a lot to like about this Washington team. But the more I analyze the card this week, that's going to be a stay away game for me. So, Matt, I like that you brought that up when you're looking at an underdog right at three, because I kind of have the same thought process. I feel like, and again, it, it may fall under three, but seldom is that going to happen. And I feel like if you're catching the three, Matt, you might as well look to tease up that team or you're probably getting better value just taking them on the money line, right? Because, again, at best, if you're covering, like, it's going to fall on three realistically considering it's a key number. And if they're covering it, they're probably going to end up winning outright, right? So wouldn't you just look to take the better value on the money line in that situation if you want to get involved with the dog that's catching three? Uh, you can look at it that way. I, I think that's uh, one way to play it or uh, play it on a teaser or whatever you want to do. But I talked about this last week. I couldn't understand why anybody was playing the Bears plus three or plus three. Uh, if, you, if you're talking three and a half, it's a different story. It's a different argument uh, because there is yeah. value, a little bit, maybe a little bit of value in that number. It turned out not to be the case either way. Bears lose by eight. Uh, Washington loses by 15. Uh, but, you know, I'm not necessarily a results-based handicapper either. I'm just saying that last week, when, when you break down the numbers on those games, there's no value in the dog in those numbers at three. Even if you're playing a contest play, you're not looking for a push, right? You're trying to win. Uh, you're, you're not in it to push. Uh, so I didn't see the point in playing the Bears or the Commodores last week. Makes sense. All right, Matt, the other game I wanted to ask you about, Sunday night football, you got Baltimore and Cincinnati. I'm kind of looking at this as 
I don't know if it's really a buy low spot, but if Baltimore ended up winning that game last week or if they didn't blow the game against Miami, maybe you'd see a little bit more conviction here on the side of Baltimore. And I get that Cincinnati's finally getting in a rhythm themselves, but it just seems like everything that happened with Baltimore, Marcus Peters blowing up on the sideline against Jim Harbaugh <laughs> or John Harbaugh rather. And uh, I, it just seems like people see that and like, oh, Baltimore's a disaster right now. Burrow's finally looking good. I don't know. This seems like the spot for Baltimore to finally go out there primetime at home. They haven't won, I think, like their last five home games. This seems like a good spot for Baltimore. I would probably look to lay the three with them. I haven't done anything yet. I think the Ravens are the right side here, Matt. I think it's a huge spot for them more so because of the ugly losses that we've seen from them so far. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, that's a game I've played. I actually laid the three with the Ravens because I thought it might go to three and a half, and I didn't want to be late to the party. I bet a couple games early this week. Actually, I'm looking at seeing three minus 120s. Uh, three minus 115s pop up on uh, Baltimore Sunday night. I played the Cowboys plus five, uh, the Ravens minus three, and I also added a play on the Browns plus three. Uh, that's what I played so far this week. But as far as the Ravens go, let's focus, Danny. Um, people like to think uh, about the negatives, and I do too sometimes. Well, let's look at the flip side. Let's focus on the positives. So the Ravens were good enough to be up on the Dolphins 35-14. to 14. They were good enough to be up on the Bills 20-3. to 3. Uh, They had these teams down. They just didn't deliver the knockout and um, ended up losing those games. I, I, I think another positive is that the Ravens are going to learn from that and they're going to develop more of a killer instinct. We're not used to seeing John Harbaugh teams blow leads like this. It doesn't happen. Lamar Jackson's too good to be blowing leads like this. So... I think that's going to make the Ravens a better team uh, down the road that they had those two experiences and they, they screwed up those two games with the, with the big leads. And you also said it, they've lost, is it five in a row now at home? Yeah, it's something uh, like that. I, I didn't even know that was a thing till this week. That's ridiculous. It's hard to believe. Well, the Ravens finished last season on a six-game losing streak, but that was a team that was wrecked by injuries. So it's a little bit uh, different situation. But I, I think the Ravens stopped that home losing streak. Uh, they respond to the blown lead last week. I've got them better than the Bengals anyway. On paper, I've got the Ravens as a better team right here at three. I think it's cheap. I think this price is cheap on Baltimore. So this is one uh, favorite I do like <clears throat> at the current price right now is uh, Baltimore minus three. I, I think you're going to see uh, – Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, and the Ravens respond to what happened last week. I don't care about Marcus Peters acting like a fool. Uh, let's put it this way. And, hey, if somebody has a different opinion, that's fine. I think John Harbaugh did the right thing going for the touchdown. At that point in time, I didn't feel great about the Ravens getting the touchdown in that spot, but I thought it was the right thing to do. You were not going to win the game with a field goal right there. Correct. We're going to do it. And if if you don't believe me, the proof was Josh Allen driving the Bills 77 yards to win the game. The Bills could have walked in the end zone, and John Harbaugh knew his defense could not get a stop right then. And yeah, he's going to say at the press conference, oh, I believe in my defense. But he didn't. He knew they weren't going to get a stop, or they probably weren't going to get a stop, and he wasn't going to win the game with a field goal, so I'm fine with him going for the touchdown. I get so tired of uh, all the talking heads on ESPN or you know Fox 
Sports One on those corny talk shows, second guessing a coach because a decision didn't work out. First of all, the math, the math models show you that you had a better chance to win the game if you went for the touchdown. But aside from that, you weren't going to win the game with a field goal, and that's obvious because Josh Allen drove 77 yards uh, the other way anyway. So uh, sometimes these these debates we hear in the mainstream media the week after a game are puzzling to me because how much more proof do you need that the field goal was not enough when Josh Allen drove the team 80 yards? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Matt. You're right. Like you can't settle for a field goal against Josh Allen and expect anything good to come out of it. Like, all right, you believe in your deep. Well, your defense is going to let you down. They've been one of the worst pass defenses yeah. in the NFL up to this point, and you've seen Josh Allen create magic before. Look at what happened in that playoff game against Kansas City. They didn't win, but he could drive at will, and of course, he was going to be able to do that against Baltimore. You saw that happen. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I like the aggressive decision. That's what's needed. It didn't come to fruition but so be it. You move on and hopefully they can learn from it as you stated. And that's also why I think it makes Baltimore an attractive play on Sunday night. One that I'll probably be joining you uh, in playing. Haven't done it yet, but probably going to be looking to lay the three with Baltimore for Sunday night. Uh, Matt, before we get you out of here, as we typically do, I got to ask you about Survivor. So last week was kind of a whirlwind for myself. I was committed to doing the Lions. Then the news of Amon Ross St. Brown being out. We already knew Swift was going to be out. Took me off of Detroit, so I had to do the basic public play, and I went with the Packers. My goodness, sweat that one out to the very... I knew once I was on the Packers in Survivor that it was going to be that type of an ugly game. Like, I was like, oh, Matt's bet is for sure coming home. There's no doubt about it. But uh, this week, I'm looking at the board, and yeah, you got a lot of those home favorites we talked about, but of course, you want to kind of work it in the sense of not screwing yourself down the rest of the year. And that kind of comes out to me looking at Jacksonville this Sunday against Houston. It's a division game, which is always a little tricky, but Jacksonville looking to come back off of that loss that they had at Philly. They kind of got reset back to reality. They're still a really good bunch, and I've been very low on this Houston team even before the year. I took them, I think, under four and a half wins coming into the season. I just don't think the Texans' defense is good, and I think Jacksonville will at least be able to outscore them in this game, even if Davis Mills can move the ball well enough it seems like the Jags may be a viable option here for Survivor. Yeah, what's what's interesting is in that Jacksonville-Houston uh, rivalry, the Texans have actually felt fared pretty well <laughs> recently, which scares me a little bit because mm -hmm. uh, I do take into account the series history and the trends in division games like this. That's the only thing that scares me a little bit. Uh, but when you look at the fundamental matchup, the Houston run defense is so bad. I don't. I don't see how the Jaguars can lose this game. I think uh, Jaguars have to win it. Danny, I'm going to play it safe. So you can't use the team twice in Survivor. Everybody knows that. I have used the Ravens, the Packers, the Bengals, and the Raiders. The Raiders were my play last week. I'm just going to try to stay alive here. So many people. There's been so much carnage, so much destruction in Survivor. I'm just trying to get to next week. I'm playing the Bucks this week over the Falcons. So I'm writing that down right now. I've, I've used the Ravens, the Packers, the Bengals, the Raiders, and the Bucks. I'm playing it, I think, safe. Um, you, could be, uh, you could be making a smarter play here with the Jaguars because let's be honest, if you use the Jaguars and you escape here, you're probably not going to want to use the Jaguars again this season, right? Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And like I was saying, I was going through every single week at this point. And before that, I was only going maybe a week or two ahead. But this week, I sat down and looked at every single week. And there were definitely a couple where I want to use Tampa Bay. Otherwise, they seem to be the obvious option for this week. And with Jacksonville, maybe there was one other week. But this may be the best spot to get the Jags early on as they've looked good to use. But you're right. I mean, in the back of my head, I'm like, Man, if there's a time Houston's going to take it down to the wire, it seems like it would be against their division opponent, Jacksonville. Like, I feel like the public sees a Jackson like seven points. That's an easy teaser here. But it's probably, I mean, Houston probably covers this game. Not that I'm going to bet it, but I think I'm going to have to sweat out Jacksonville here and try to play a little more strategic down for the rest of the year. Otherwise, I'd be completely with you on Tampa Bay. But man, it's tough. And, and same with Minnesota. Like I have all the confidence in the world the Vikings win, but there's like one more game I think this year that I liked Minnesota down the uh, down the stretch somewhere. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, like Buffalo. You want to say Buffalo? They're laying 14 against uh, against Kenny Pickett, but you're gonna want to have to use Buffalo at some point. So uh, yeah, I think the order would have to probably go because of strategy. I think for me it would be Jacksonville, then Minnesota, then Tampa, then Buffalo. Uh, just because I want to use Tampa later. But Tampa seems like the most obvious choice. Yeah, I think so. I would be stunned if the Buccaneers lose to the Falcons. I'm stunned, Danny, that uh, Tom Brady and Giselle are getting divorced. So How about it? What, what is this world we live in now? I don't understand <laughs> what's going on. So, And apparently, hey, Tom Brady, well, aside from that, so he did get hit a little bit on Sunday. I know he was standing on the sidelines at practice uh-huh. today on Wednesday. So I don't think anything's going to come of that. But just uh, just keep an eye on it, you know. Uh, maybe it'll give uh, Tom Brady a little bit more spark that he's got all this anger fused up with him and Giselle, right? That's the kind of oh, handicapping hey. you get on this show. I don't know <laughs> if it's anger, Danny. I don't know if it's anger. It could be a broken heart. And uh, if he does have a broken heart, you don't want to bet on a guy with a broken heart. Uh, you've probably been there before. I'm sure you had a girlfriend in Chicago who left you at some point in your life, and uh, uh, you were sad, and distressed, and didn't know what to do for a couple of weeks. You kind of wonder, has that Very happened to true. you? <laughs> oh, of course, Matt. You know, I'm an easy guy to break has up with, happened? right? You just, yeah, you just throw me to the side, and then they don't care anymore. That's how it goes. <laughs> uh, that's, but hey, you know, the difference is Tom. Tom's got a lot more to work with. I, I'm, I'm sure Tom Brady's going to be okay. He can handle it. I'm not too worried about uh, Tom Brady being heart, heartbroken this week. Uh, so I'm, I'm confident the Bucks can beat the Falcons. I'm with you, my man. Well, hey, guys, that is Matt Humans at Matt Humans 247 where you could follow him on Twitter. As for myself, Danny Burke, at Danny Burke 5 And also make sure you check out some of Matt's other shows here on VEASAN. Does great work. Midnight to 3 a.m. Eastern time. You can get Saturday bet prep with Matt and a bunch of his sharpest friends on the network. Uh, 9 p.m. to midnight on Sunday bet prep with Matt Humans. Matt, who do you got on the show this weekend uh, lined up for the guys you bring on? That's a secret, Danny. Um, oh, okay. Actually, no, I just said that because I haven't set up the guest yet. But I do have <laughs> I do have one guest set up, and it's Chuck Edel, who's a co-leader in the Friday uh, Football Invitational. Chuck is going to be in studio with me in the second hour on a, a Friday night. So uh, Derek Stevens, Mike Palm, Chuck Edel, and I'll probably add a couple guests to that as well. And uh, who knows, might even talk a little bit of baseball this week. It's a football show, Danny, but I don't care how much you love football. You have to love the baseball playoffs. I know your White Sox are on the outside looking in, but these are still going to be great baseball playoffs, too. 
Yeah, the playoffs are better off without uh, old man LaRusse's bunch. And good news for White Sox fans, he will be out. So maybe there will be some competent coaching on the south side. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But again, big thanks to Matt for hopping on. Best of luck with all your plays, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you also check out Beeson's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed for Prop Watch for Thursday night. And then tomorrow, Mike Palm and I cover in every single game on the Sunday slate. That'll do it. Again, enjoy the game and take care.